Grace Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast, where we are connecting what's going on between the Sundays. Brent, how are you? Oh, man, I tell you what, Stephen, I got a good cup of coffee in my hand. I'm sitting here with you digitally. <laughs> Couldn't ask for a better time today. And when I knew that we were keeping that, uh, keeping it in the Booble family and hearing from David and Krista Miles today, uh, I am, I'm juiced up, buddy. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to... Uh, talk with them here in just a little bit and uh, get to hear a little bit about their story. And uh, we'll be able to praise God together with them. Um, this past Sunday, uh, we spent a little bit of time in lament. And uh, frankly, I, th- I think all of us are still kind of in that mode a little bit as we look at the news and we see what's going on. Um, various different groups of people affected by what's going on in their nation right now. And honestly, all of us are as we. Uh, mourn with those who mourn. We weep with those who weep. Um, and so uh, that was you know, important for us and continues to be important for us as we look in Scripture and we see um, lots of times where people call out to God for help. Um, but what I think is important as we look at those Psalms of Lament, um, uh, nearly every single one of them, as you, as you read, and, and he's, you know, David or you know, he may be saying, God, are you going to, are you ever going to show up? And then at the end, he usually says, but I will remember the faithfulness of God, or I will remember his deeds. Mm. And so it is important that we keep things in proper perspective as we do lament. Uh, we don't want it to turn to um, empty sorrow, but we do want to long for the coming of Christ, realize that our world has fallen and cling to the hope that we have that Jesus is the solution and that Jesus is the answer and that we do as Christians have hope uh, in him. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the mode that we're in and that's, that's okay for right now. Uh, it's not a bad thing to be sad. Yeah, you're exactly right, Stephen. You know, all the tensions, economic tensions right now, uh, you know, obviously in the oil industry, everything, just extra, all the strain that puts on, just like a marriage, you know, from financial strain, strained marriages in great ways. This is straining our culture. You think of racial tensions. Uh, you think of political tensions. Uh, I mean, there's just uh, all the different uh, backgrounds and shared experiences and uh, just a wealth of compounding difficulties that the world has as creation groans out for redemption. Uh, we as believers, we we recognize that. And just like you said, we weep with those who weep. We listen. We love one another. And we take that charge in Galatians 5 that we we, we mentioned just a little bit on Sunday, that uh, through love we're to serve one another. And a congregation uh, that does not take the time to be extra intentional, to, to draw near to the voice of their shepherd, to love and serve one another— We'll find ourselves looking a lot like the world, which, as he describes in Galatians 5.15, will bite and devour one another. That is an innate component now uh, of fallen man, is a biting and devouring one another. And uh, with the looting, with the different uh, conflicts and pressures going on, you just see a culture that seems like, at the seams, that's just hungry to bite and devour one another at any opportunity uh, that presents itself. And so how can we shine? Well, what a lar- how much of a contrast can you get between biting and devouring and loving and serving? Uh, that is a privilege that yeah. God has given us as, as believers uh, and lovers of the Lord. And, and that's, a, that's a great privilege. You know, even in our services, we have that, that tension as well. We, we uh, 
look forward. We lament a little bit. You know, I was talking with Jenny, our, our pre-K director. Jenny Jones does an amazing job. And, you know, we're yeah. facing these realities that we're still not able to open up pre-K care, kids care yet. Um, and the training that takes place there, they're, they're continuing to be online. But there's some great ideas of how we can make the best. And, and for those families that, that still, you know, not, they don't feel comfortable coming yet, though we are a pro-wiggling and pro-squeaking service. Uh, <laughs> that's a fun thing. But for those that don't, you know, she had we we're talking about the idea of uh, parents uh, beginning to to go in tag teams. And so if the parent has older children too, the to come to service and sit with them and then go home since we have a nine to 11 o'clock service, we have enough time to uh, to tag out in between and, and let that other parent come to service at the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, not the ideal uh, a real situation of lament that's that's that strikes even the way that we uh, we have to do our Sunday morning gatherings. But it's uh, it's just another way to try to think creatively of, of making the best, making the best. I've got the blessing today of uh, sitting down with David and Kristen Miles. Guys, thank you so much for being here and talking with us. All right. Yeah, we're supposed to say something, right? Yeah, you're supposed to say something. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, Grace Bible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had uh we had Kenneth and Diana Booble uh last week and you guys are like their next generation. So it's cool to be able to kind of have that in in uh in this order. So um where are you guys from originally? Nat. I'm a dragon. We're both from Nacogdoches. Okay. Born and raised. Born and raised, huh? So, um, where did you guys meet? The uh, neck. The neck. <laughs> and I knew each other in high school, and it was after I had graduated high school. I met up with her somehow, and uh, I went and hung out at her house and met him. And he was the annoying little brother. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you're supposed awesome. to be. That's right. you, know. you want to talk to somebody older, you just be annoying. You know? <laughs> That's great. Um, David, would you mind maybe just sharing a little bit about uh, your life and uh, a little bit about your story and how you came to know Christ and, and that kind of thing? Would you mind sharing with us? Um, yeah. Um, every time I share this, my, my testimony, it's like every time I go over and over, I realize the whole time God was always there. Christ was mm-hmm. always there. So I didn't grow up in the church. I did not. Um, my mom, they did not force me to go to church. They didn't go to church at all. But my grandmother did. So that was part of God being there in my life. Um, one thing my grandma used to always say, you know, when I was a kid, uh, pray. You know? But as a kid, I always wanted to stay around my big brother, my older cousins. You know, they was... Um, they was always drinking. They was always smoking. Um, when I first realized that they sold drugs, you know, it was like, oh, this is how, you know, we're supposed to make money. So that was a another life that I basically, my darkness, I'll tell you my first verse I read, you know, on down the line. But that was basically the darkness that I uh, got into and I, I was in love with it. You know, mm-hmm. watching them just get high, get drunk, 
Then they'll go out, you know, I see them fight other people and and I just thought, okay, I can get a gun and, you know, I can be the so-called gangster and all that. And um, so coming up, watching that as a little kid, that's how I wanted to be. That was that was who I wanted to follow. So um, they all got locked up at one point when I was like 11, 12. Everybody got sent to jail. So it was like, man, okay, that was the way, that was how I was eating. You know, that's how my sisters and me, that's how we had food, by watching them sell drugs. So I just thought, okay, that was a job I can easily get. So as I was 12 years old, I started selling drugs, you know, um, in the projects. A young man hanging out with the older guys, uh, started selling crack and everything. And um, all of a sudden, this one older guy, he... He was loving the fact that that was the way I was living. You know, young guy mm. had me a gun and out of fight, whoever, you know, whatever. Just the, that that was the fun of it. You know, that's how we mm. enjoyed ourselves. That was my joy, you know, fighting and selling drugs, drinking, getting high as a young age. Um, so when I got 13, the older guy came to me and then all of a sudden I started game banging. You know, at the age of 13, still with the older guys. And the whole time I'm thinking, man, I can't wait till my older brother get out. He's going to see how I became. And um, my cousins, my uncles, you know, they're going to see how I am. And, you know, I'm this man now. That's what I thought being a man. And every time I see my grandmother, you know, she always pulled me off the streets. We'll go watch a Steven Cigar movie or a Bruce Lee movie, and she always tell me, you know, baby, you know, sometimes you just got to pray. Never did it. I just sit there. That was my grandma. I called her Big Mama, you know. I see Big Mama, everybody knew in the neighborhood. Oh, there go David Mom's grandma. You finna leave? Yeah, I am, you know. <laughs> so going on, all of a sudden, um, my brother, he got out. He got out in uh, 2005. I was kicked out of school at that time because I was fighting too much and I just didn't care and, um, you know, game banging with everybody and still selling drugs. And so uh, that hurt him. He got out. He was, you know, he was real big, you know, when he got out. And it, it really hurt him to see me like that. So mm. he, he came to me. He apologized. You know, talking about how sorry he is for putting all that in this, you know, putting all that in my face and mm. showing me all these things. And then I'm looking at him like, what? I, I love this. I love the way I am. Um, and then what really, you know, had me thinking, and he was like, man, little brother, we need to give our life to Christ. I'm like, whoa. So now that's the second time somebody in my life talking about, you know, God, we need to start praying and just give our life over to him. So now I'm out here with my older brother and he was doing things he did not want to, but at the same time, he had a lot of kids to take care of. Um, I got a lot of nieces and nephews, uh, but he got to that point where he told me that one night that one day he was like, man, this is it. I, 
I can start living right now. We can we can live right. We ain't finna do this no more. You feel? He helped me get my first job at Chili's. I was like, whoa, dishwasher. And you know, all of a sudden, I was out the streets for a moment. So um, that next day, I seen that 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 day before it all happened. I seen the smile on his face, how happy he was that we can stop doing all this. Then all of a sudden, the next morning, I got a phone call. My brother and got into a car wreck and. Um, he died in 2006. He was on, he wasn't even out of a year yet. And he all, you know, just died. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm like everybody else wondering why, why is that? You know, he was, he was fit to live on this right path, you know, and they go my big mom, baby, just pray, you know? <laughs> so, um, I was angry. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was real angry. My brother's gone, so I went back to doing what I was doing best. You know, hang around with the other guys, back to selling drugs, and you know, I was just being me there. Got kicked out of school for good, and um, all of a sudden, um, met this one on down the line. This <laughs> woman right here. I walked in the house and I. You know, you know how you just say, you know, when you met your wife, it's like it's like that movie. Everything just went slow, froze. <laughs> you know, it's, it's this woman right here. It was like a glow on her face. So all of a sudden, we went to get to know each other and um, got closer. But it was that one morning she told me to stay in the house, but I chose to go back out in the streets. I was still selling drugs while we was together. But I went out and I got locked up. I uh, got put in jail and uh, the experience in jail, that was something I was, I was, that was my training as a kid. You know, this is what we fight. This is what we do. We gonna go to jail and get strikes. That's what I, I always thought. But I was in there and um, it was that uh, Dallas marriage game. Dirt won his first ring. You know, um, I got into a fight and uh, I got thrown in lockdown. And that's when I realized, man, I can't live my life like this. I'm behind mm -hmm. bars now. This is what they, this is what, you know, this is what they want to do. Go, go to jail, be right here. So I, I was in lockdown and thought about what my grandmother said, thought about what my my brother said, and it's like, give your life to God, pray. So I was like, first time praying ever, you know. Um, if you are really my God and you are really my father, I just won't help. That's it. I just won't mm -hmm. help. So I had a little bump. My bed was in the wall, you know, so I, I climbed in my bed. I laid down. It was hard, concrete, cold. Oh, man. So I uh, woke up the next day. And it was a bobble on my little desk, a little red bobble. Uh, I just gave that little bobble away to a guy that, well, I'll tell you about that later. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I had a little red bobble. And um, I was like, whoa. So I went to the bars. You know, I stuck my head to the bars trying to look down, which I can't stick my head. You know, it was crazy, man. I, I looked it crazy trying to. But I was wondering who put that bobble there. Uh, so I grabbed it. My first verse I ever read uh, was Judge chapter 8, verse 12. 
Jesus has spoken, those that follow him should take them out the shadow of darkness, and with that comes the light of eternity. So, boom, it's like my life flashed. Just, it just, everything that I grew up doing, I came out of sin. I, I was in sin in the beginning. I grew up in it, like, in the darkness. Never, but like I told you in the beginning, God was always there through my grandmother, mm-hmm. came through my brother. So now all of a sudden, I kept that verse with me. You know, that, that's the first verse I ever read out of the Bible. It's was in the gospel. So it was, I don't know, I got out and it was crazy because people saw a change in me. Hmm. You know, it ain't just I, I accepted God right then and there. I, I did. He was in my heart right then in that cell, in, that, in lockdown. He came into my life. But it, it was kind of wild that other people saw a change and got with her and found out she knew about God the whole I'm like, man, why you ain't talking to me about you? Like, what's up, man? <laughs> but the whole time, this was this this was my my Eve, I guess. You know, I'm Adam. This is my Eve. And from that point, um everything just it was he was there, you know, brought me to Grace Bible and I, w- I went to some churches and it, I don't know, it was just Grace Bible really helped me out to they, they break down because I was a new person. You know, I was new at this. So I, I just wanted to understand it. Hmm. And there it is. It's, now I'm here today. Yeah. Sharing it with you. A brother of mine from Grace Bible. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, praise and God, like, man. Yeah, thank yeah, you. That's, that's it. Yeah, thanks for for sharing, man. Um, praising God for your story. And, um, you know, Kristen, if you could, we'll give you a, a little chance to talk here. Uh, if you could maybe describe, you know, what is, you know, you've heard him describe what his family was like, uh, what his experience was like. What is, what is home life like for you right now, uh, for you two? Uh, particularly when it comes to like reading the Bible, doing family worship type stuff together. What does that look like now in your home? Each night, uh, you know, I would cook dinner and we'd sit at our dining table and we'd have all TV off, all electronics, and uh, we'd just talk and then we'd say, all right, let's do our devotional. Uh, we've been doing pretty good at keeping it up since we got back to normal. It's a little harder because I'm not able to be here on time every day, but we're trying to stay on top of it because it's so good for our family to have that time. And I love getting to hear our kids read the Bible and it's like, oh, your reading is getting better too. And you're learning about God. (laughs) I think the sweetest part that has come from it is, you know, we would do, we do our devotional in the evenings as a family. And then David's been working on his huddle stuff. And then, you know, I haven't been so good about it lately, but I've been working on my Bible study stuff. (laughs) Anyway, Brianna has seen all that. and She's seeing us pull out our Bibles and look in God's word and learn more. And the other day she came up to me and she said, Mama, I decided I'm going to do a Bible study in the mornings now, you know, and she's been getting up early and pulling out a little Bible study book and going through it. And, And it's just it's the sweetest thing as a parent to see that.
How, if you guys could kind of maybe describe, um, you know, we, we talk a good deal, you know, one of the, the kind of pillars of our church is, um, you know, building community as a family, being renewed by the power of Christ's love. That's kind of our little uh, phrase about being a family. Um, how have you, how have you worked to see um, Grace Bible Church be your your faith family? You know, your family that you are walking alongside uh, in Christ. The other churches, you know, we went to together. With the other one, they they just automatically look at me, and um. You know, I came to one of them, you know, I, I wanted the help, like what I'm doing with Brent and them, you know, fellowship. I wanted to do that. That's, I wanted to try it. You know, I wanted to, you know, talking about Christ. And um, when we came to Grace, we were automatically accepted. It didn't matter that we were interracial. We were no, accepted. That's I felt in love with the church just because of the way they get up there and they go to going through the chapter and then how they, they break it down and they help me to understand it. You know, I can leave understanding what they spoke about. But then on top of that, we've been part of small groups and we've really enjoyed community there. And then the kids ministry is just killer. I mean, I just brag on it all day. It's amazing. And our kids have grown great friends there. Yeah, that's good. We all really appreciate you taking time to share and let us know a little bit more about you. You know, it's it's part of the joy of, of doing this is, um, you know, as the church listens, we're getting to know our family members a little bit better. You know, it's, it's, it's not like, um, you know, you can sit down with every single person and, and get, you know, their full story and get to know their background, but this is a way that we're trying to at least do some of that. Um, and so thank you for, for being open and, and sharing your story and, um, letting us know a little bit about how the Lord has blessed you and taken care of you. So really appreciate y'all. And uh, thanks for talking with us today. All right. You're welcome. That's it. (laughs) This week we're continuing uh, in John chapter 10 uh, through our our series in the book of John. And uh, Brent, why don't you share with us a little bit about uh, some of the things you've been thinking about and uh, what's going to be going on this Sunday. You're right. We'll be finishing off John chapter 10, 22 through 42. And uh, this constantly through John, we see the festivals or feasts and the location at the temple that takes place. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you're the football fan, there's no preseason games in the Gospel of John. It's all playoff games. Every encounter between Jesus and the Jewish religious leaders is is big time. I mean, attention is on. The the, the big lights are shining, uh, and every time. And now this is one of those scenes where the Jewish religious leaders they think they got him. Uh, Jesus is walking about uh, in the temple, and they gather around him. So it's not only one on one; it's one on uh, all of them, a, a large number of them. And Jesus just absolutely serves them up. I mean, he they, they in reality they try <laughs> to argue with truth. You know, we're not going to win a battle with somebody that, that is on the side of truth, but we're definitely not going to win a battle with truth in flesh, you know, uh, yeah, even though we try yeah. to argue with God. Some, we argue with God a lot, you know, we are we have our arguments mm-hmm. with him. And uh, and that's what we see they uh, them doing. They argue uh, against 
Jesus, and and Jesus absolutely affirms for us in the text once again who he is, the nature of his relationship with the sheep, uh, and the truth, a, a true reflection, like a mirror of their hearts that they do not want to see. And, and it leads them once again, when they hear his claim of who he is, uh, it leads them to want to pick up stones to, uh, to try to kill him once again. Uh, this text is, is a, a very convicting text. And even though we read it as believers and my heart is to, I rally right away with Jesus, get him, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you know, the painful reflection we're going to have this week is if I'm being honest. Uh, I, I got a little bit of pharisaical tendencies of arguing with God in here. Uh, mm. and, and that's just my prayer this week uh, in preparing is that the Spirit would just continue to tend my heart like a garden. Just keep tilling it up, Lord. Keep tilling me up. Yeah. This past Sunday, uh, we installed two new elders, uh, Jerry Baker and uh, Ralph Busby. Um, and we've got four uh, faithful men who will be uh, rotating off. Um, let's see, Ben and Zach and Gene and Bud, right? Did I get them all? You got it. You got yeah. it. So uh, tell us, can you just uh, just help our church understand maybe a little bit about um, what our constitution says about that and why those guys are rolling off and that kind of thing? Very good. Yeah, so our member class, uh, you know, our new member class, we're going to move that back to the end of the month. And that's a that's a great time to come together. We spend time, we, have, we don't have a long constitution, but there are some very helpful guidelines that we uh, that Grace appointed to operate under. And of those is that we ask our elder council, their elder council cannot serve longer than uh, an individual serving elder cannot serve longer than three years. They must rotate off for a minimum of a year. Uh, to, and so that, that helps enable them to get rest. Uh, you know, that just the fact of being on call 24 seven is a, is a tiring thing. Uh, and uh, this allows them to, to be able to, to rest and, so, you know, we knew this this was going to be coming, and so for last year, this time of preparation has been taking place, uh, and we're going to be able to recognize these uh, these four men at the end of uh, uh, at the end of our nine o'clock and eleven o'clock service this Sunday. It's going to be a powerful time. These are very faithful brothers, as you know, Stephen, uh, who mm-hmm. uh, who are both you know a, a part of the elders that called both you and me uh, here uh, to Grace Bible, right. and they faithfully stood in the, yeah. in the trenches. And it's not like they're they're not going off in the pasture. They're not. <laughs> We're not putting them down. Uh, they're still a elder qualified men, but they're going to be freed up by God's grace on the positive side to just to love and to serve and to, uh, and and to rest uh, in this season. As we've had uh, men like Keith and Scott and so many others that have uh, faithfully served a tour on the on the Elder Council and and spend a time and in, in rest and in other places of service. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a sweet time on Sunday. I really I'm going to keep the tissues close. <laughs> yeah, well, we're grateful for those men and their families because uh, it's not, you know, it is a it is a family serving kind of thing. Um, those those wives and families have have sacrificed, yes. um, and so we're grateful for them. And in church, we're grateful for you. We're grateful for uh, your faithfulness, your perseverance through uh, through some hard times. Um, we're thankful for the fruit we've seen the Lord bear in us um, in the middle of of these trials, but. Uh, we give him all glory for that. Uh, he is good. And uh, church, we love you and can't wait to gather with you this Sunday. Can't wait.